you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victor and Jay Mack are on tap to help us navigate the show, and we appreciate them. Let me give a disclaimer here early, um, just out of the gate. I, many of our listeners will say, well, I don't know how that's any different from what you deal with every day. But I have a unique issue going on with my voice today and um, sort of, I, I don't know, battling a throat issue. Maybe a sore throat, maybe a scratchy. I don't know. We'll just have to see because sometimes you have these things and then you go to bed, you wake up and it's gone. Like, you you know what I mean? It's just, I, I don't know, changing in the weather. But I will say this. I have been doing the <clears throat> clearing all day long. Like it's just been an all day thing. Some of our listeners will, because they're petty, say, well, that's every day, hon. <laughs> I know who you are. Um, but today I feel it's a, a little bit different. So I just want to give that as a disclaimer. I may from time to time have to sip on this tea, which is a downgrade for me. I am not a tea drinker. No knock to tea mm. drinkers. I'm married to one. Right. Tea but is I, awesome. It's okay. Mm. It's 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 coffee's younger sibling. You know what I mean? It's like it just wants no, to be coffee when no. it grows up. That's what I think of when I think of tea. I think it just wants to be coffee mm. when it grows up. What came first, tea or coffee? That's a great question. I think um, tea. Aren't they aren't aren't they both naturally occurring? Like aren't they <laughs> what, from the what Lord? What was discovered like first? Or a drink <laughs> I don't know. to be made of. <laughs> That's a great question. So that would that would be sort of like a that would be some food research there. Maybe yeah. maybe um, maybe on Friday somebody member of our an team can can <laughs> let us know what came first, tea or coffee. I'm, I I I got to tell you, just to be honest, I lean toward tea. <laughs> I hate that I lean toward tea. Um, there's a part of me that wants to just fight because I love coffee and I just want to say coffee, bra, bra, bra. But I, <laughs> I, I really do think it's probably tea, um, the beverage consumed first. I don't know why I think that. Because, just, I mean, you it, think because it, it makes so? sense. It yeah. does. I have so to admit, like I, I could be honorary and, on that. But yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I think it is refined. It is refined. There is something about tea drinkers. Like when you think of like England, you don't think of like coffee. You think of tea. Hello, America. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, when you you do you do think of tea as more refined. But I will say this uh, to the tea drinkers out there: you don't get a lot of people inviting you out for tea, but you get a lot America, of people yeah. in. Which is greatness in and of itself. That tells you all you need to know. I got more of these. Come on, let's keep going here if you want. I mean, are you? Wow. We broke away, and so, <laughs> right. and because we did, now people invite you out for coffee. Rawr. And then after that, hot dogs. You want to go get some coffee and hot dogs? Ew. People are like, like, you see, that's what happens when you do things like that. You could have been inviting people up for tea and cakes, but now it's hot dogs, right? And coffee. 
So Anyways, unrefined. Um, so unrefined. So unrefined. <laughs> like, but that's okay. We won, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Guys, that's not wow. the way I teach American history. It really is not the way I teach American history, but I do not pass up an opportunity to joke with the kids because they remember things when you can make a joke out of what they're learning, right? And so same for me as an adult. Um, oh, Merle, Merle said, that's that's good, Miki. It compensates for all that gumbo stuff you eat. <laughs> the tea. Look, I understand that there are there. Can, let me say this and then we'll get into content today because it's Election Day in America. Um, I understand that there are healing properties that exist in both tea and coffee. And coffee. Yeah, you're and right. I've, you're I've right. read the articles. Here's the thing that upsets me about the coffee articles, that most of the coffee articles that talk about, you know, writing, writing about having a cup of coffee a day and you know, all of the health benefits and, and all of that. But it always says, and I feel like this is when the, the notes always go to like the minor notes because it, it says, you know, just black coffee. Like there's great, <laughs> you know, medical yeah, benefits to black coffee. And I saw a meme. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's listen. like ice cream. <laughs> it is not. No. I reject that. I object, Your Honor. Um, no, I just, my thing is I saw a meme. I saw a meme that kind of perfectly describes the way I feel about black coffee. Okay, um, I could drink my coffee black, but I don't because I like myself. Like I actually have. <laughs> my grandfather actually, used to drink his black. I don't understand people who do Man. that. Now, listen, I have done that during times of like giving up sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have done that. I have, I have, I have consumed black coffee, but it it was exactly what it was meant to do serve as a as like a, a punishment just sort of like a <laughs> just just a beating of myself <laughs> and denying my flesh so i have consumed black coffee but it was in punishment you had too much sugar you must give it up and so i just don't understand people who do that just for like life like how do you yeah. black coffee yeah nah, i have to say i've tried to drink coffee but every time i've tried multiple I, and i will try again but and just think maybe something will change but mm. It just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I will tell you though, you can, you can, you can be rehabilitated <laughs> if you really worked on it and you really saw the health benefits. Because I've seen you consume things that you only consume for the health benefits. Uh, yeah, but I want to enjoy it if it's gonna be like coffee. Or something, and you know? there, thus, my case is made. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, let's get into content. Thank you so much for that. All you gotta do is keep talking, folks. Well, just I enjoy keep talking, tea, so I'll and you will bring people over. <laughs> to your side the democrats are like we know we do that every day i'm just kidding sorry guys it's election day so the all the election jokes are here uh but i really do (laughs) want to get into some important content before i do that i want to remind our listeners uh those who are going to be paying attention to election results and would like to hear uh election result conversation uh discussion Mm -hmm. and um analyzing those those election results all across the country from a uh, uniquely biblical worldview, then you're going to want to listen tonight uh, beginning at 6 Central on American Family Radio because Tim, Tim Wildman and Eddie V, Eva Tagliano, mm-hmm. he's my cousin. I can, I can say that. <laughs> it's like um, Eddie V. I'm I know, taking it way back. Way back. <laughs> People it like, who? goes back to 2012. <laughs> back to 20. No one else call him now. Okay? <laughs> right. You guys call into <laughs> today's issues. Do not like... call him Eddie V. Hey, what's up? Yo. <laughs> Anyways, um, it. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a cultural thing, you know. It's not. It's really not. Wow. Um, Walker Wildman and Fred Jackson, and then they'll have some other special guests 
who will be helping them analyze the election returns tonight. So uh, could be a really late night or could not. (laughs) (laughs) It probably will be a late night. All of the reports. I don't know. I don't know. It just depends. Yeah, I think, well, look, you might not even get results till two months Stop. Well, what is that <laughs> article you just sent me? You just just Maricopa moments before in Arizona. This, yeah, yeah. They having some troubles with their vote. Look, man. I, so, ah. so what? Anyways. So, <laughs> anyways. So what was ah. it? So you, you sent me this article and, and, <laughs> and the subject of the article in the in the email was here we go again. Right. I'm just like. And, and, oh, and so on, you've got man. some um, some election issues, some voting issues coming out of Arizona uh, where they're having a problem with like tabulating the votes or compi- <laughs> what I don't know exactly what it is. I didn't yeah. have enough time to read it because you just sent it. But from what I could gather, I because I this is a joke, folks. OK, I'm, I'm going to say this. I got to tell you anyway, because I speak fraud. Um, <laughs> I can translate. I'm, I'm, I can I understand it. Um, it basically the headline should have been we letting y'all know right now your vote don't matter. And that's that's <laughs> that's fraud speak. That's a joke. OK, now let's get into the actual content for okay. today, All right. which it may be a little bit difficult to make this shift because we've been nah, just make it so light. OK, very well, <laughs> <laughs> as you have requested. Um, but we've been talking about some some lighter issues. And I, I want to turn to um, some of the heavier conversations about voting day in America and the question that is on my mind that I want to pose to you. Um, and then also with a follow-up question is, does it matter to God? It's election mm. day in the United States of America. And does it, does it matter to God? Mm. And as I was thinking about this and I, the obvious answer, just in case people think this is going to be a cliffhanger, we're not going to do this in a multi-part series is that it does. Um, elections matter to God. And as much as anything that you see, in scripture that the rise and the fall of nations who sits on any throne at any given time, all of this matters to God in as much as God shows his sovereignty over those nations and over the various forms of government. God is sovereign over all of that. There is none of that that catches God off guard, if you will, that causes him to stand up and declare, I I can't believe, right? right? Like none of that, (laughs) none of that. And I used to years ago make jokes about that, but then, you know, it kind of, it's run its course. So (laughs) God is not caught off guard by what happens in the world. Okay. He is sovereign. He's not, like I tell the kids, God's not growing up with you. Right. Like he's not like living life with you. He's not growing up with you and kind of like experiencing things with you. And we tend to think of God in this way because we are finite. So we don't understand exactly what it is to worship the infinite one, the one we come to who is eternally existent. But it's good to be recalibrated in this way and to recognize that the Lord God is sovereign. And in order for him to be sovereign, ruling and reigning, he cannot be experiencing things with us as if by surprise. Mm. Right. So um, elections matter to God. We have scriptural reference to show that the governments that exist, those who rule in those governments, Mm -hmm. the duration of those governments, all of those things matter to God. They are a part of his sovereign plan. Um, The Lord is not caught off guard by them. This is why we have prophecy and we can trust prophecy. The Lord God alone is able to tell us what will come. He is alone able to tell us of those things that have not yet taken place. Mm -hmm. Again, proof he's not growing up with us. He is not living with us and experiencing with us as if by surprise. 
But I think there's a bigger question to ask that I want to bring in some articles to help me ask and answer this question. But I'll just ask the question outright. Mm -hmm. Does does um, the outcomes or do the outcomes of elections matter? The answer is yes. The outcomes of elections matter to God. Yes. Yes. Do the outcomes of elections matter to God? But I think there is a deeper question, perhaps, and and some people may argue this, but that's great because we can open the phone lines at the end of this program here and get some of your commentary on this. My question is, do the motivations behind the outcomes of elections matter more? Hmm. And that's my question. That's my question. So so let me let me make sure that people are on the same page with me here. My question is, do the outcomes of elections matter to God? I think Mm -hmm. that that's, you know. In my opinion, it is open and shut. In as much as you understand kingdoms and thrones and rulers and all of these things, the Lord is sovereign. So this absolutely does matter to him. It absolutely does matter to him, right? But I think there's a question that we in America have to survey, and it's not so much the outcomes of elections as much as it is what led to the outcomes of those elections. What mm-hmm. were the driving factors behind the outcomes of of those elections and what do they say about the heart of the people? I'm speaking specifically in the United States of America. What does it say or the outcomes? What do those outcomes say about the heart and the motivation (laughs) of the people who participate? I think it says a lot. Absolutely. (laughs) A lot. And this is something that I think we have to explore. Go ahead. I'm, I'm curious to hear kind of what, what, because you're kind of ruminating here. I can tell. No, I'm just saying, I I think it says a lot about the, the heart of the general public. Like, because of the way that things are set up that we choose, you know, as far as we're able to vote and, you know, and some people would say like, are we, do we really choose? But yeah, we do. We, we have do. A, a system we that, that we choose. Mm-hmm. So I think it tells a lot about where we are, even morally speaking. Yeah, because absolutely. Because the people you put in, you know, is based upon, I think, your worldview. Mm-hmm. Like, and so when you go to vote, what are you thinking about? Like, what is the dominating feature in your in your heart and your mind is it you know uh fleshly or is yeah. it you know a biblical worldview and what god would want oh man that's that is hitting the nail square on the head there and so i want to look at three pieces here one um uh taken from tony evans's book uh kingdom politics returning god to government is a piece that was run on the stream And then I want to look at Dr. Michael Brown's piece. And then I want to look at the report that came out of Arizona Christian University, looking at the motivations behind how people intend to vote today. And so I think we can have a good conversation around this. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies. Welcome back to Ernie Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and as I'll be buried with, so will I. 
You know, I was telling the kids, I said, oh, my goodness, I hope I'm not getting sick. You know, and, and this is to state the obvious. Nobody wants to get sick. And I, I said, oh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's something that I caught from Timmy. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And I said, Dad mm, said Timmy. that he was licking the floor at church on Sunday. <laughs> Timmy, man, he Timmy. Was licking the floor ah. at church on Sunday. I mean, I've heard, I know, holy ground, but I don't know if it yeah, is, like, n- if, if n- does no, that? No, no. no. Right. So, so thinking... <laughs> thinking that you know you're just you're just expressing to your kids and so then the oldest the 15 year old Mm -hmm. um says oh no mom that that wouldn't do it he licks the floor every week at church like wait wait what that's news hold up a second no i didn't i didn't know that that was happening that that, that is news to us like what they're like and i I wouldn't have known if he wouldn't have came and got me and said (laughs) and wanted to show me because he hurt his mouth or something I was like, what? Well, maybe what came you across one of the cracks on the floor. <laughs> maybe injured his tongue. I don't know. And I can this... hear the people out there saying, oh, man, that's going to build up their immune. No. I, quiet, quiet, people. <laughs> quiet. I can hear your mom saying, oh, what doesn't kill you makes you fat. I don't understand that. Why do people say that? Oh, like, man. I don't understand. What doesn't kill you make you fat. It doesn't. Un, un, <laughs> but if you have to, if you, if you don't eat for a week because you're sick, then that's not making oh, you fat. Man. And I mean, I don't understand. Anyways, welcome back. So we got the throw thing and the call, uh, the tea. It's going and we're good. And thank you so much to yeah. the brother or sister who gave this uh, remedy, home remedy try for, the, for the throat issue. Fourth a teaspoon of cayenne, fourth a teaspoon of ginger and eight ounces of warm water we have all of it i'm going to try it i am i am i'm open to trying that I, when you have I kids i would put lemon in it but you know a little dash of lemon well, i don't I know wouldn't do that. I, you know that wasn't a recipe it's telling me i shouldn't put lemon in my tea but anyway oh. we, we, we okay we, yeah I'll, I'll take right. that up with her later okay all right. <laughs> Sounds so menacing. <laughs> anyway, good thing we're all family. All right. So the question is, does does um, Election Day matter to God? Yes, it matters to God. The outcomes of elections matter to God. Uh, the question that I wanted to explore today was do the motivations for those outcomes, like why those outcomes are such that they are, do those matter to God? And is there anything that we ought to look at in the way that we vote and, and the reason for our voting, even when the outcomes are good? Okay, like and and I and I think this is what we need to consider, even when we as Christians get what we have biblically defined as a good outcome. I I want you to understand that. And and I'm I'm not saying that to say good in quotes and, and all of that. But I'm saying even when when we say this is what's on the line and we get the outcome that that is in favor right? Best possible outcome. Um, There are still many, 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 many professing Christians who voted in such a way Mm -hmm. that, yes, that was the outcome they were hoping for, but the motivation for that vote Mm. was not (laughs) what you might think. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I think we, I think we, (laughs) I think we have to talk about it. But before we do that, I just yes. want to um, read it just a little bit from Tony Evans. He, okay. um, The stream ran a piece from his book that was released in July of this year. It's The, the book is Kingdom Politics, Returning God to Government. And um, I hadn't read the book, but I, I read this article, this piece uh, taken from the book, and, and I thought, oh, man, this is really good. So I don't want to read all of it, but I want to read just a little bit of it. And I read this really for my brothers and sisters who are still on the fence about what it is to be faithful and to steward our vote as Christians. And, and, you know, 
I would hope that you wouldn't have to keep having this conversation, but it is a conversation that we have to keep having. And, and there is ongoing conflict, I think, in the heart and the mind of Christians of what it is to be a steward of where God cause, uh, causes you to live, right? And even the time that he causes you to live in. So anyway, I'll just begin reading here. And I, I won't read all of this. I can't, but I'll, I'll read a good, a good piece of it. Uh, this is Tony Evans, Pastor Tony Evans. You cannot read the Bible and ignore the political realm. The Bible is thick with politics. You have four books, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, that deal with the rule and reign of government leaders. Scripture is packed with political concerns, including laws, statutes, ordinances, kingdoms, empires, courts, judges, kings, queens, taxes, and so much more. God is active on virtually every page, engaging in the political affairs of humanity, both for blessing and judgment. You might say that the Bible is a political textbook since God is seen setting up nations, writing constitutions and bylaws. He both establishes governments and dismantles them. He places people in strategic political roles and removes others from their political purchase. Uh, given this reality, it is unfortunate that God and politics are far too often disconnected from each other, as though connecting them too closely is anathema. The failure to properly connect God's relationship to politics based on his word has left individuals, political leaders, and nations void of the knowledge needed to govern society as the creator intended. Now, I, I want to kind of reset here just to lean in because not only do I listen to radio and podcasts, um, you know, but I, I, I actively listen. And so I know what it is to to be engaged and then also to kind of like trail off. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just want to reset here because Tony Evans is about to make a point that I think is so important for the Christian, which I think will lay a foundation for the motivation behind why we vote the ways that we vote and why we hope for the outcomes that we hope for. And I want you to listen carefully here because he's going to make, a, I, I think, a point that if we are honest with ourselves, we will admit that it's true. Mm -hmm. Now, can I also tell you, I'm going to bring in Dr. George Barna's research that will tell you, even if you're not honest with yourself, <laughs> there are people who are collecting the receipts. Right. <laughs> so, even, so even if you don't say, okay, the genuine reason why you're voting and, and you know, you get among other Christians and you're just like, mm -hmm. you know, our religious liberties are on the line. And you're like, babies are dying in America. Even if if that's what you say publicly, the reports show mm. that that's not why you vote the way that you vote. Mm. And and I think for the Christian, we have got to maintain the integrity of our vote, which includes the motivation. It's not just the vote that's itself. Good. Good. It's the reason behind why we vote the way that we vote. And mm -hmm. and I I think this matters to God. Why? Because it is a heart issue. God majors in the unseen places of humanity, right? Like it's one thing for you to hear my words. It's one thing for you to see my actions. But the Lord hangs out in the space that you can't see about me, right? Mm -hmm. That's the heart issue. It's, it's what I think about. It's those things that I could clean up for you. But there is no spiritual mm -hmm. Lysol there. The Lord, the <laughs> Lord, you know, sees those things and knows those things. So yeah. back to Tony Evans's um, piece here. Uh, if you were to come to me with your personal life, guys, listen to this. So good. Which, of course, is Tony Evans. OK, if you <laughs> if you were to come to me with your personal life in shambles and you didn't know which way to turn and you said, Tony Evans, help me. I would open up my Bible. 
identify the cause of your personal dilemma and speak God's truth about your situation, giving you God's resolution to whatever it is that you are facing. Then ask the Holy Spirit to empower your ability, excuse me, to respond in obedience to God's word. He continues, if you were to come to me with your family life in shambles, with both you and your spouse seeking a divorce because of chaos in your home, and you said, Tony Evans, help me again, I would open up my Bible, identify the cause of your familiar dilemma, and present to you God's solution for whatever it is that you are facing, and then ask the Holy Spirit to empower your ability to respond in obedience to God's word. Again, (laughs) if you were a pastor, a pastor of a church, and you came to me with your deacons or elder board because your church was in shambles, everyone was arguing, and your congregation was confused, and you said, Tony Evans, help us. I would open the very same Bible that I used to help the individual and the family. And I would identify the cause for the chaos based on the word of God, seeking to prescribe biblical solutions for the calamity in your church. And then ask the Holy Spirit to empower your ability to respond in obedience to God's word. Mm. Tony Evans continues here, guys. In other words, scripture would not only solve the individual and family divisions, but it would also solve the ecclesiastical confusion. This is because scripture holds the final and authoritative answer on all of life's concerns. In fact, every question facing us today has two answers, God's answer and everyone else's. (laughs) And when those two differ, everyone else is wrong yet. And this is how this pertains to election day in America. Yet, where do we often go for answers as a nation when there is chaos in our country? Where do we turn for solutions when we are experiencing moral, social, and economic decline at a rate that is able to destroy our country before our youngest generation even has a chance to grow up? What do we do with divisions, debt, and our own internal protests across our land when they threaten what little stability we have left? What most Christians do, unfortunately, is change books. Mm. When it comes to politics and elections, far too many Christians spend more time appealing to family, history, tradition, culture, racial expediency, and personal preference than they do to what the Bible teaches. While most Christians verbally affirm scripture is good enough for individuals, families, and churches, it seems that somehow it has been deemed insufficient for how we respond to politics and government. Now, I plan to read a little bit more, but I'm, I'm going to leave it there for now. And my question is, do we really believe what we say about the authority of God's word in every area of our lives? Are our motivations based on the authority of God's word or our own personal security, our own personal comfort, our own personal desires. Now, look, there are times when our personal desires, our um, need, desperate need for security, right, that those things produce the kind of outcomes that are eternal by way of elections, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's wonderful. 
But when I look at the report that is out, and, and this is across the board, everyone is aware of like the top three issues that people are voting on inflation. They're, they're voting on the economy. They're mm-hmm. voting on the skyrocketed price of goods and things like that. And so safety. what I can't, yes, their own personal safety yeah. and comfort. Yeah. And so, but what I can't help but wonder is, <clears throat> so, you know, when, when we as Christians are engaged in the voting process and we talk about these issues and we talk about, you know, people with a high hand, as mm-hmm. Will the Great would say, uh, wanting to murder babies mm-hmm. and murdering babies, right? I mean, that's too gentle to say wanting. They are murdering babies. Right. We talk about the hypersexualization of our children. Mm-hmm. When we talk about marring the picture of Christ and his bride, when we talk about living in a nation that would compel us to a certain sentiment, inevitably a sentiment that is against the truth, against the knowledge of God, we say those things And those things really outrage us in our conversations among ourselves. But the polling data suggests that that's not what gets us out to the polls Mm. that we it's like it's enough (laughs) for us to be appalled in the pews. But if those things were not like, you know, just happen to be shared by the other people who can fix the issues we really care about. Mm, wow. We we would be passive at that's, the polls. That's an indictment. That's I mean, when you think about that, I mean, yes. and, and, and we search our hearts and that's the case. Like, man, that's an indictment. That's, you know, of so our my, motives. my question and just to make the point so that everyone is clear mm-hmm. about the question that I'm asking here. Mm-hmm. OK, my question is, if. And I'm out of my mind to talk like this, but I just want you to understand if your po- particular motivation, right? Um, all right. So my question is, if Democrats were able to bring the cost of chicken back down to what you paid two years ago, if Democrats were able to bring the cost of fuel back down to what you paid two years ago, three years ago, if we were at zero inflation, if we were if if if, you know, the gray skies had cleared up, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. and, 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 and all everything was right. And, and our savings were what they were a few years ago. My question is, you know, could they could they keep their jobs? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, could could they remain in the positions that they're that they're in? Mm-hmm. And I think many Christians would say no. But I think the motivation behind why we vote would suggest otherwise Mm. that it's just not enough to get people to the polls to care about religious liberty. It's not enough to get people to the polls to care about the life issue. There's got to be another issue that we care more about that gets us to the polls. Now, the reason we don't often feel this indictment is because when Christians do turn up, Okay, when they do show up and the results are favorable, we get to walk away feeling like, yeah, we're saving babies. But that's not why you went to the polls, though. Mm. You didn't you didn't actually go to the polls to save babies. You didn't actually go to the polls because you want to preserve religious liberty. You actually went to the polls because you care about your 401k. You actually went to the polls because you care about the stock market. You actually went to the polls because you care about how much it costs to get a chicken in a pot, which I mean, anybody 
can care about that. And indeed, all of the polling suggests that everybody does. Even the Democrats, they <laughs> care about that. So where is our distinction? Like, where is the difference? Where is the motivation for us, the conviction that, man, the way I vote is driven by a biblical conviction. Let God be true and every man a liar. Mm. Where, where is that? And furthermore, does God care about that? Certainly he does. I feel like I need a disclaimer line for myself. Like, you know, we've got the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of American Family Association, American Family Radio. Right. Uh, they don't necessarily reflect Mika's views either. Okay. <laughs> and, and let me tell you why I need to say that. Uh-oh. Because I was alerted during the break. I think it's a sister who, who, um, who told us what I should do for my throat issue. Okay. With the cayenne and the, the, the ginger, ginger and the, and the water. water. And and something very important. I was told during the break, swish and spit. So don't just so drink don't, this. Because because let me just tell you, Man. I fully intended to drink that. Man, we need all the information. If you call, okay, here, <laughs> please like, <laughs> do not give me a half yeah. a recipe. I'm kidding, because I'm I I trust you people. And so here, let me say this, okay? Let me I trust you people. And let me say this is the the oh good whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to the song, man. Okay. Even louder. Um listen, I'm not a medical doctor. I don't I right. don't want anyone to wake up dead. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. I don't I don't want you to man. you know so so I gotta be very careful here. Um the throat thing, the swishing is a swishing thing, it's a gargling thing. All right. Don't swallow it. The thing is, people from Louisiana, you cannot assume that just because the recipe has cayenne in it, they're going to think not to swallow no, it. No, man. We, we eat that. <laughs> right. Like cayenne is what we grow up oh, when yeah, we're on, having man. upset tummy. What are they? The parents put cayenne in the palms of their hands and the I kids put, lick it out. I'm, that's a cayenne, joke, guys. I put it's cayenne in my tea. I yeah, do. he does. Nah, as a regular I'm, I'm waiting thing. for Merle to say something about that. But I put cayenne in my tea. It's oh, good. Man. It's good. Anyway. All right. Guys, I okay. just I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the flow of the show, but I that's very important because I know that we have listeners who will say, Hey, I heard you talking about this and I'm I'm gonna try it. You know, and so if someone were to have a, a scratchy throat, a sore throat or irritated throat, I would hate for them to swallow um the concoction that we talked about right. and then like, it was oh, not no, meant the for Addison that. Said, no, oh, oh good grief. No. So here we good you know grief. We're, we're correcting that. We're not look, guys. We are not trying to CDC you. We don't. We don't. I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry, guys. That's not funny. Um, so the the question is, does the motivation of the way we vote, um, and even when we get the right outcome, right, does that matter to God? And I think absolutely it matters. And one of the things that got me thinking about this is that our brother Abraham, mm-hmm. um, maybe a week and a half ago, I can't remember when it was. Now he sent us a report from. Uh, Arizona Christian University, where uh, Dr. George Barna uh, directs research there for the Cultural Research Center at ACU. And this report was looking at America's values and, and how they vote. And I just found it really interesting that, you know, 
being pro-life uh, doesn't even make like the top five reasons for our motivated vote. And, and, and even among Christians, those who profess to be Christians, it's not until you drill down and you get to those who have the biblical worldview that then life, the life issue starts to come to the top mm. of, of our concerns. It's not until you get to the Christians who have the biblical worldview where you find religious liberty coming to the top of the list of concerns. And so let me just share a little bit of this with you just to make my case, because I think some people would hear me talking about this and be like, oh, girl, no, we wouldn't. <laughs> but the, the, the reports say that we say that we might. And indeed, we do have a different motivation from what we talk about on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, the most influential issues that relate to the uh, economy are those that are at the top of the list for the motivations behind why we are voting. Uh, let's see, topping the list are inflation and the rising cost of living listed as having a lot of influence on Americans' votes, 61%. Food prices and shortages were identified by 60%, and oil and gasoline prices, uh, policies and prices were named by roughly 6 out of 10 adults at 58%. Uh, jobs and unemployment came in at 45%. And then when you when you continue reading this report and you look at the, the different graphs and the charts and all of that stuff, what I care about is how how Christians kind of line up in, yeah. in the way that they vote. I, I understand um, that to be American is not synonymous to being Christian. And so I understand that when we're looking at the way Americans vote, it's important for us to be precise in the way that we measure that. And, and I'm precisely looking <laughs> at how the Christians vote. So here we go. Issues and religion among the religious segments of the population, the three top ranked issues, inflation, food prices, and gas prices were nearly universal. Mm. The only exceptions were adults who have a biblical worldview who ranked food prices and shortages as the fifth most impactful issue and people who claim to be theologically liberal ranked gas prices and policies as the fifth most impactful issue. Religious freedom is a top five issue. Listen, top five issue. Religious freedom is a top five issue only among people with a biblical worldview and those who identify the Bible as their primary source of moral guidance. And the problem I see with this is there's not many with a biblical worldview. Uh, no, like, 6%. We got other stats that show that. Right. So, so. so in other words, even among those who are professing to be Christian, unless you are among the biblically faithful, unless you are among those who believe that the word of God, that God's word informs all of your daily practices, mm. unless God's word is shaping your conviction, then you care about the same things other people care about when they go to the polls. And, and now look, here's, a, here's, that's okay. You know, and I say this tongue in cheek, that's okay for many of us when it's okay. Right. When it turns out well, it's like, well, I mean, that wasn't people's motivations, but look at what we got. You know what I mean? Like that. that that's not what they didn't care about that. But the outcome of what they did care about got us this result. My question is, how long how long do we sit back and praise ourselves for that heart? Mm. You know, how long do we sit back and, and not see that as a problem? And let me open the phone lines here. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. My hope and my concern is that faithful Christians 
will vote faithfully that mm. that we will vote because look what is it um proverbs chapter 14 verse 34 says righteousness exalts a nation not a strong robust economy amen like think about that yeah. like what are the things that drive us to the polls in fact when the things that we say we're strongly convicted about when those things drive us to the polls you know what happens we actually get better candidates to choose from when righteousness is our concern, mm -hmm. when we have a strong concern about morality and the spiritual state of our nation, mm. then we actually force to the surface candidates that share that conviction. The reason we keep getting the yahoos. I'm sorry. That's why they. I'm sorry. <laughs> the reason we keep getting. <laughs> That's a political term. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> the reason we keep getting. Those that we often look at and say, I got to hold my nose and vote or the reason we keep getting those that we say, I'm actually not voting for this person. I'm just voting against that person. The reason we keep getting them is because they know these people who seek office, they know that our motivations are all the same. So they don't have to really be of high moral character because we don't care about that. No way. <laughs> all they got to do is 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 tout the issues that we all collectively care about. And they're as good as hired. So if we're sick of this sort of, you know, forced, oh, I got to hold my nose and vote for this person, then then desire different things when you go to the polls. Mm -hmm. De desire a different shift or a different outcome in the country that you dwell in. And I know that may seem like it's overly simplistic or maybe even just a little bit condescending. I don't mean it to sound that way at all. I'm just saying what we care about as the motivation for why we are voting matters to God. It, it, it has to be a concern for us. Yeah. Will the Great, let's go to the phone lines. Where do we go first? All right, let's go to, get it here, Lee. Let's go to Lee in Virginia. Hi, Lee. Yes, sir. Uh, listen to y'all show often. I've never called in, but uh, I want you to know I agree with everything that Mickey is saying. Uh, how you know the Bible says you honor me with your lips, mm. but indeed you, you deny me. How and how can people go to churches where the pastor uh, preaches that uh, homosexual marriage is okay, that transgenderism is okay, and you know and all these things? How can people go into those churches? And I found out here a while back that only 40% of the people who call themselves born-again Christians now say they believe that the Bible is all true. Mm. I don't believe we have as near many Christians mm. as we have religious people in this country. Ooh. Mm. Oh, brother. I, <laughs> listen, you are spot on. Yep. You, and, and I'm going to tell you, as soon as we recognize that, as listen to me, as genuine converts, genuine followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, those mm -hmm. of us who have been born again, as soon as we recognize what our brother Lee just said, mm -hmm. the work of evangelism can begin. Mm. As soon mm. as we recognize what our brother Lee just said, then we can get after the work of evangelism. Because right now we're not evangelizing because we're like, no, everybody knows, right? We all agree around here. But all of the reports, all of the surveys... They all say, no, 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 actually people don't. And so, but we don't evangelize these people. We don't get them the truth 
because we think, ah, they already know. They don't know. Mm -hmm. Lee, you are spot on. Thank you so much for your call. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Elijah in Kentucky. Hi, Elijah. Hello. I have a question. Very important uh, program you have. Did Jesus Christ get involved with politics? I am an Aramaic Christian. I'm sure you know what that means. Am I reading the wrong Bible, or am I wrong here? What's going on? Wait, he's a what kind of Christian? I'm sorry, say that again. He's an Aramaic. 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 Okay. Well, here's what I... language Jesus Christ spoke. Okay. So, so, um, I'm a simpleton. You're a Christian. You, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to God, you believe that he came, lived, died, and was resurrected for us. He paid the penalty for our sin. So you are my brother. We will spend eternity together. So I think the question of did Jesus get involved in politics, and I want to say this very respectfully to, to my brother. I will take you at your word on that. I want to say this very respectfully. I think sometimes when we ask that question, it is, an, and, and I, I, I don't want to presume your sincerity, I will just tell you what my experience has been in the past. My experience has been that that is a move to absent ourselves from being faithful stewards of where we live. If the Lord is sovereign over the rise and the fall of nations, if he determines the forms of government and when they exist and their duration, and then he plants people in a form of government where they get to elect their leaders, And then those people say, well, I don't want to vote because I'm not sure that Jesus voted. There was no voting happening in Jesus's day. I will say this, though, when Jesus came up against the powers that be, quote unquote, of his day, he didn't back down like that was a part of the total living. Right. So if we are modeling our life after the Lord Jesus and you see this even with the apostles. Right. How how did 12 men turn the world upside down? It's because they stood for truth in as much as they could stand in the current environment that they were in. If they could have voted, they would have. And you say, well, Miki, I don't know that you can say that. Well, I know that the Apostle Paul appealed to his uh, Roman citizenship. So I know that that was a prized possession of his. And I will define it as a possession because when he is when he is um, when he is questioned by the Roman official, how much did you pay for the citizenship? Like how did Paul is like, well, I'm a citizen by birth. So it was a prized possession. Why did Paul appeal to his Roman citizenship? Because he was on mission by God that he's got to take the gospel to Rome. So he appeals all the way to Caesar. We would look at this in a current context and say Paul had rights. He knew what those rights were and he didn't play with those rights. You have you have arrested us uncondemned men and you've put us in prison. And now you want us to just go quietly. No, come and take us out. This is what the Philippian jailer story, this come and take us out. So we in America, and and I'm going to tell you, and I don't know that this is true for you, my brother, Elijah, I don't know if this is true for you, but so many of us, we have been convinced that if we kind of tiptoe out into the public arena, oh my goodness, now we stand in opposition against God. When we, that is the very charge that we have received to light up the darkness, So if we say, well, I don't want to get involved in politics and then wicked men rule. Should we sit back and mourn like, oh, my goodness, what are we when the Lord has placed us? Listen, Acts 17, 26, the Lord determined the times of our boundaries. He determined when we would live and where we would live. I am so grateful that I live in the United States of America in 21st century America, to be specific. 
I am so grateful that I have the right to vote. I am so grateful that as a Bible believing Christian, I have the ability to take my convictions into a polling booth and tell the world this is what righteousness is. Because at the same time, when I am voting in favor of righteousness, I am also voting against wickedness. And I am hopefully declaring to the world that is what wickedness is. What I think is far better than trying to absent ourselves from the political arena, what I think is far better is being well-informed, being thoroughly convicted, and being bold about what we believe and rushing out into a dark world with the torch of truth. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.